The McDonald's one, two, three dollar menu got me thinking, you always ask me for a fry. And when I give you a fry, you always ask for another. Just one, I promise. And another, and another. Thank you. So, I better get extra fries. Get all your favorite items like a small fries, McDouble, four-piece chicken McNuggets, and McChicken for just a few bucks. Only on the McDonald's one, two, three dollar menu. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any offer or combo meal. Previously on Androids and Aliens. In addition to those dozen or so ships, they are accompanied by a flagship that is at least six miles long. As the stellar degenerator parted from the void. Tracking device. Come on. I am now under attack. Systems failing. Tell an undead force unleashed their ambush. We are barely able to make it to this moon alive. The Admiral will be pleased. Open fire! And they all level their guns on you. Roll for initiative. A familiar stranger helped turn the tide of battle. From out of the jungle, you see some movement, followed by a familiar face, but also not familiar. It's Meishan. Yep. (gasps) But the crew may finally be outmatched. Then as he crumbles to the ground, you just see that button that he pressed. The adventure continues. Nea, there's more coming. Now. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Androids and Aliens. My name is Troy LaValle, and I'm tired. I'm feeling tired right now. I'm a little beat. I just drank an iced coffee. It's gone now. I was hoping I'd I'd have it fresh for the start of the show. Drinking that whole thing. (laughs) Drinking that whole iced coffee. That iced coffee is eighty percent athletically. Just the lifting it is exhausting. I'm so tired all the time. Well, your problem is that your iced coffee is all ice and no coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's decaf. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, that's, that's, pro- that's, that that's, is that's the, the other problem. Issue. That is the problem. <laughs> what time do you guys go to bed at night? Do you have like a general range? Uh, I'm going to guess who goes to bed earliest and who goes to bed latest. Ooh. I'm going to say... David Winters goes to bed earliest. Incorrect. And no. Skid goes to bed latest. That would be what I guess as well. Why are you so confident, Joe? Oh, because it's, I would, you know what? I was going to say it's definitely Matthew, but the problem is uh, I think Matthew's wife is way cooler than him, so she makes him stay up later. Ooh. I didn't factor that oh, in. I didn't think about that. Matthew was going to be my guess as, as well, but you're yeah. right. And Matthew yes. can't argue with that because then he has to say, "Oh, I'm cooler than my wife," and then she's going to be pissed. So yeah. yep. I like that. You guys... I'll get a text about it in the next two minutes. <laughs> Why are you talking about me? Sitting there with a glass on the other side of the door, <laughs> listening for mentions. Caitlin has hearing like a bat, and I can I can whisper something, and she'll I'll get a, she'll be in like three rooms away, and she'll get I'll get a text, be like, "I can hear you." <laughs> 
I like that uh, you guys are like 12 and being like, it's cool to go to bed late. Uh. <laughs> yes, no. Ellie, that's, yeah. what I under- that's what I misunderstood about, about these fellows. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're like 40 and still like staying up late and playing video yeah. games and just yelling things is their yeah. idea of a good night. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, called, like it's, it's, it's cool. It's business, Matthew. It's called cool. work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's cool, but I think there's this like common misconception that it's like the later I stay up, the more productive I'll be. You know, there's hours left in the day, and I always fall for it, and I am always wrong. Yeah. You're not it's, productive. It, it is staggering to me how every single day of my life, my night self can fool my morning self every single day. And my morning self has never, still never figured it out and has no leverage in the evening hours. You know what I mean? Like you can add my morning self is absolutely like you will feel a thousand times better. You will enjoy the sunshine on your face. You will smile at the laughter of your children. You will get up and work out and feel great all day. And, and night self is just like, I'll do that anyway. <laughs> but first, I'm going to drink three liters of beer. And then it's also like, what time is it? 2 a.m.? You should make popcorn right now. Now's the time yeah, for a little Exactly. Snack. Like a little crunchable while I watch this. And I don't want to, I don't want to sleep too much. But are you guys morning people? Because I'm, I'm a, I'm not a mean drunk, but I am a mean morning person. Like I am very pissy in the morning. Um, I feel morning. like Troy is not a morning person. Well, well, I I am. Troy I'm gets up, up really early, though. Yeah, yeah. He is. Do you do? Oh, okay. I yeah. see. I was. So I assume the other the way. Problem is, I get up between five and six. Um, I'll wake up and then I'll sit there and I'll you know do, send some emails from my bed and then I'll get up and make coffee and start the day. But the problem is, I I used to go to bed early. I was I had a good like eleven p.m. Uh, bedtime for a while, but now it's being stretched to somewhere between twelve and twelve thirty. But I still get up at. Five thirty, quarter or six. Um, I, I, I feel share like a room. I can get so much more done, but then I'm not getting enough sleep. Yeah, I share a room with Troy uh, on tour, and he uh, he is, I mean, so unbelievably mean in the morning <laughs> that you would think he's not a morning person, but it's actually the exact opposite. It's they're all bits. And he wakes up ready to just like be on stage, but he's just using you as the the single audience member punching bag. Uh, so yeah, it's not just it's not that he's grumpy; he's just hot. He's just on, and you're just the victim of it. Yeah, we, we, we use Joe to jump on the grenade of that, so that, he, so that we can deal with Troy seven hours later. Do you remember yeah. the time we had adjoining rooms? Though you and Grant were next yes. door, and you guys were like, "We're just going to shut this door." Yeah, yeah the door just shut. Like, I think at like eleven or something, I like knocked on the door, came in, and then you were still going. And I was like, "I'm just going." I'm just going. <laughs> yeah, Matthew opened the door, and Troy said something unrepeatable about Matthew. <laughs> Physically, and Matthew just walked back and closed the door. And did not respond. <laughs> it's also like a huge difference in terms of how physically that manifests in the room. I, I follow Matthew's lead, and our our hotel rooms are always very neat and tidy. I put things away immediately. Grant is an will- excellent traveler. I, I try to be. Next time we start traveling, I won't be snoring as much anymore. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I think that was the only big complaint. 
That was uh, a downside. Yeah, but it's gone now. So that's a big thing. But we're very neat and tidy. And then like if Joe and Troy ever want to meet in their hotel room, I am just shocked. It is like it is like they got robbed by three different breaking break entries. There's Doritos everywhere and like empty beer cans right by the bed. Like, oh yeah, this is a good this is a good way to fall asleep. And I'll refer to night self and morning self. Night self is like just one more. More Bud Light <laughs> in bed. The last couple times, though, it was really great because Joe, Troy, and I would kind of keep it going. And when we were in a house together and uh, watching TV or whatever, we get really excited and order a pizza. And the last like three times, Troy's been asleep by the time the pizza's been there. <laughs> Just so like sad. slowly laughing at like Beavis and Butthead do America in the corner. <laughs> and then just like, you're watching. And we had that house. Like I was the last one out of the house before like my flight was the last to leave. And there were like three whole pizzas worth of pizza. That you, like, <laughs> I was like, what do I do with this? I had pizza for breakfast. I had pizza for lunch. <laughs> uh, Grant and Joe, well, we're getting away from the bedtime thing, but Grant and Joe, this is an interesting side, side topic, are the type that when they travel, they take their clothes out of their bags and they put them in the, in the drrawers of the hotel. <laughs> Which I don't even want to touch because I imagine Ellie, it's just seen everywhere. A face that I've never seen. Ellie went like this. Horrifying, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? I wouldn't even hang a jacket in the closet, let alone put a pair of boxers where eight thousand other boxers sat. I wrap myself in plastic before I go to bed in that hotel room. <laughs> I don't want to touch anything. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I also am convinced that there's cameras in every hotel room. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how many of your because former, there are. I don't know how many of your former partners told you they got their STD from putting their boxers in the hotel drawer. <laughs> but let me just break it to you: that's not how it happened, Troy. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I like keeping everything in my suitcase because then I know I'm really traveling. Yeah, you know. I don't, I'm not moving is, in for the weekend. Is, can bed bugs become an STD? Whoa. So, no. Can you transmit are you, are you bed bugs sexually? Bed bugs become crabs because those are very different parasites on your body. No, yeah, that's different bug. Different it depends bugs, on okay. the sexual behavior of the bed bug, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I got some kinky preference. bed bugs, dude. They are yeah. into wild stuff. Whips and chains, just tiny ones, this big, all over my bed. <laughs> so, what's everybody's bedtime? Let's go around the horn here, uh, Joe. Bedtime, general, generally eleven. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Sydney? I would say on average, probably like one. One. Yeah, I figured you for a one. Right when you get home from the rave, yeah. you drink your orange juice so you come down off the E. That's, 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 that's probably everything you're saying, Troy. That definitely yeah. doesn't happen at one, by the way. Yeah, that was like a 5 a.m. thing. I mean, what an old really early thing to say. Oh, you got home at one from the rave? <laughs> that's when rave starts. Rave doesn't start at one. <laughs> rave yeah. just, is just getting kicked off. Matthew, uh, midnight? Midnight. Uh, somewhere really? between midnight and 1230. Yeah. And you get up at 530 every day. No, so, I haven't gotten up at 530 in a long time. Oh, okay. Okay. So do you get eight hours? Do you get up at around eight? I mean, I try. I sleep only slightly better than Troy sleeps. Yeah. Also, I want to say, although I go to bed late, I do wake up at 745 almost every morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's key. We, we should talk about that as well. Grant, bedtime, I'm going to say 1231. 
I start thinking about bed at 11, depending on what's going on and how much I have to get done. I will start heading there then. But mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm like, I need to hop on the bike. I need to finish this. I need to write these emails. I need to do that. And yeah, it's usually more like 12 when I'm in bed and laying down. And then if I'm smart and I pick up a novel to read, I'll fall asleep pretty quickly. If I pull out my phone and start reading the times or another news source, I could be up till two in the morning. It's that blue light. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, what time mm. do you go to bed? Midnight? No, it depends on if I've had a meltdown. So I would say sometime between 19.00 or oh 5.30 a.m. Can't you just give me the real time? Wait. You go to bed at 5.30 in the morning? Seven? What? If she had a meltdown, I'm guessing, oh. they usually last all night. Oh, no, no. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I would. I mean, I try to be in bed around 11. Yeah. 11. Okay. Um, but if you have a meltdown, 7 p.m., that's 1900, isn't it? No, yeah. no. Uh, 7 p.m. is if I have a good day, because then I'm like, oh. great, now I can sleep for 15 hours. <laughs> Before I move on, I still don't know what the answer is. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> I'm going to say 4 a.m.? 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> wait, wait, what time, Ellie? <laughs> wait, are Ellie, we on I, think, I think your mic is off. It's muted, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right with your mic. Uh, skid, 4 a.m., 3 a.m.? I think it's late. It's pretty late. It depends. If It's usually around 1 or 2, but if I'm into a video game, like I've, I've been playing Battle Brothers lately, and... That can keep me up until four or five in the morning. Oh my god! It'll fuck me up all week. <laughs> yeah, it really. Dude. It's hard to come back from that. Yeah, yeah. What about Ooh. old David Winters? Look at this guy. What's up, oh. David? Yay! Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm the big winner, or in a way, the big loser here, because uh, for me, it's around nine or nine thirty p.m. is when I go to. So bed. I nailed wow. it. You were right. Wow. You did right. nail it. Wow. Yeah. I get I get up at like five though, five or six every day, including the weekends. Dude, I like that. You know, fucking Mark Wahlberg goes to bed at 8.30 and he's up at 1. He's already put two workouts in before Skid's gone to bed. (laughs) There is no way, Troy, that you believe in Mark Wahlberg's list, his timed out thing. There's no fucking way that man does that. Oh, I believe it. That guy golfs nine holes before 7 (laughs) a.m. The sun isn't even up. I can't see the ball. He just—he does it. He's, he's, he's an amazing man. He just, he just does it. Um, yeah, nine thirty. I like that, David. I—I I could see a, a t- I, I would love to go to bed at that time because then I'd love—I'd love to get up at four a.m. Do you get up at four or five? Well, it, it depends because, like this morning, for example, I woke up at about three, and that was because I woke up really briefly, and then the thoughts start going through my head about all the stuff I need to do today, <laughs> and then that—that's it. Yeah. It's kind of over, and then I wake up, and the coffee gets made, and the day starts. Mm. Yeah. And uh, of, of course, I also, in fairness, stay up late on Friday nights for Androids and Aliens, of course. I'm well, that's n- just not smart. in bed at 9 o'clock. I was going to ask, <laughs> do we just ruin your whole, did we ruin your whole cycle by doing our show at night? Uh, no, because um, that is kind of the requisite for me to actually be there as well, because I... You know, stupid nine to five jobs getting in the way. So uh, you know, I will make that sacrifice to be here. You know what? What? What is a dream that I almost started living out? Which is how people in olden times and ancient Romans documented sleeping like this: sleeping four hours, waking up an hour, eating, and then sleeping another four hours. 
I did that for a while when I was in a lot of pain from my shoulder surgery. And it was mm. kind of nice to have that time to yourself just at like three in the morning and then get another couple hours of sleep and then go on your day. I, it might be more natural, but it's difficult to get into. It's almost like yeah. sleep training for an adult. I've heard of that too. And actually I did that yeah. when I had my tonsillectomy because it was impossible to sleep lying down and I would sleep sitting up right, like propped up on pillows on the couch and I would wake up like on the hour, three hours up and then three hours of sleep and three hours up. And although it sucks cause you're in pain cause of surgery, but I will say it definitely like the sleep I was getting, it was like REM sleep. I was mm-hmm. like dead and then fully awake and like ready to go. There was no like sluggish in between. Oh, mm-hmm. have you guys looked into lucid dreaming? Oh yeah. It's like a virtual reality and you can like, you know, you can do stuff in your dreams. if you. I talked about this. I'm a, an avid lucid dreamer. And the minute I know I'm driving the ship, I just have sex with everyone. That's what, that's what I do too. That's what I do too. Like, oh, yeah, you lamppost. <laughs> I mean, oh, wait. Oh, I'm no. You, you have sex with the people you want to have sex with. But like you do no, lamppost. whoever I can grab my hands on. I'm like, there's only so much time before my conscious mind catches up with my unconscious mind. Get over here, you son of a gun. What happened when you had sex with a smoker? <laughs> Yeah. There's a mess of scars down there now. That's why he's so into lucid dreaming now. On that note, on that note. Uh, I highly recommend if you can get up with the sun. You know, it resets your circadian rhythm and it, I find that I'm the most fertile at that time, but I wish I could go to bed earlier. Um you're going to have to get up pretty early in the morning, though, if you want to beat the corpse fleet. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a, that was a short ep last week. I apologize. I cut it so short. I just, we got a lot going on in the network, and I have to stay on schedule. They're always telling me in the, in the corporate office. Um, I was thrilled. I was thrilled at how much we ran over. I talked to you about it a lot afterwards, how excited I was uh, at how long that episode was. Uh, and how many of the corpse fleet there were. That was cool. That was really cool. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or not, because I don't remember our conversation. No, it was awful, and it sucked. No, the one thing I, I did, I will say, the one thing I did like about it is when you start a new book, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm prepared for several hours of role-playing and not getting to do any of the fun new stuff that I leveled up. Right, like you and you're starting a new book. It's just a routine thing. You just deal with it. You say, you know, get yourself in that mindset. And I mean, man, was that a curveball? It was just like boom, massive combat, multiple combatants split in the field, huge ranges of things, uh, and then getting to use all our new abilities, uh, and including seeing a new character of some kind. Uh, and I was just like, this is awesome. Uh, so yeah, that part was great. I just was like. It's too long. It's just too long. I can't yeah. play that long anymore. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And you know, and it gets it gets a little repetitive after a while. The thing about them is they did decent damage, but they were so easy to hit. They just had a lot of hit points too, so it's hard to take them all out. But I wanted to give this sense of like, holy shit, we are we're outnumbered. This is an armada yeah. up here, and like now there's ten guys here just to give that sense of like oppression and what what the enemy is uh, a, sl- like a swarm. Yeah, yeah, because you had never really <gasps> did anything like that. You fought pretty much five on fives or six on six. How many players are there? Six? <laughs> yep. Six on six. So, yeah. I was, was wondering, nice uh, I was thinking about that, and that did give a good sense of scale and kind of just the massive armies we might be facing going forward. And I like that 
Did you ever consider, as you've talked about rebalancing things for the amount of PCs, did you ever consider having like a corporal or like a leader type of guy and less people there or would that unbalance things and not give the impression you want to just talk me through that yeah no i talked about it because david uh david will always send me some suggestions on like we can either bump the acs up here or add people and like i usually shy away from the adding this time i went with it because i was like i I want it to seem like how are we going to defeat 10 of these guys because they look so badass i wanted that impression out there i i did think about maybe doing a boss like that but i wanted it to be the grunts because now that you've defeated them and you've heard from what remains of steve that like there's more coming it's like well what's the next wave going to be like we've got to make some decisions quickly yeah what if and- none of these are lieutenants you know it's cool when like mm. you haven't even seen a lieutenant yet it, you know it's much more nerve-wracking Right. These are the grunts. It was unclear also. Like, I I for for a long time was like, does he want us to engage in a fight here? Or is there a way to not? Like, can we we sneak by them? Uh, Because sometimes you, uh, I guess in role-playing games, you're like, you're not sure with the GM. uh, What what they're trying to, like, are they trying to make us to sneak or are they trying to make us engage? Yeah. Um, And I frankly, yeah. So I was like, oh, God, maybe we made a huge mistake by engaging but then I'm like, but then he had prepared 10 soldiers, so You psych yourself out. This happens a lot in, in role-playing games where you, like, overthink it to the point yeah. where you're like, I don't know what's yeah. right anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As a player, you, you, you're, you negotiate against yourself. You know, yeah. like, you, you, expl- you decide what the GM is thinking, and then use that to change your decision. And you're just like, you're, yeah, you're overthinking. Because yeah. you know there's an optimal solution. Well, you yeah. think there is. And so it's just yeah. like you're trying to guess what that is based on what the GM is telling you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. like assuming tone in an email. I'm like, mm. is this guy talking back to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's really just stating facts. I, feel, I, feel, I didn't uh, like his tone. Well, <laughs> you're standing on this battlefield. There's bodies everywhere. Your ship, the Sarissa, is in bad shape. And now you think that there might be another wave or more coming to finish the job uh, that this first wave of Marines couldn't do. You see tracks leading off into the jungle, um, perhaps of, of their ship, and you also see this Meishun character that right. you rescued from the Cult of the Devourer ship join you in the fight, emerging from this dangerous jungle. I want to start in darkness. And then from the darkness, I want, boom, like lights to come up on two beautiful, almost almond-shaped eyes darting open. And we're still focusing in on those eyes, but we hear sounds of hyperventilating in the background, just like, (laughs) with a heartbeat all the while. Boom, 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 boom. If Joe was like a master of Sirenscape, you would hear all of those things right now both as players and an audience, but I don't even know how to turn on Sirenscape, so I don't blame him for giving us what you're actually hearing. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Almond-shaped eyes open up, and we pull back to reveal a young Lashunta woman lying in a bed, familiar in many ways, unfamiliar in others. Bluish skin, markings under the eyes, purple hair, lentini peeking out. She's disoriented, afraid. You can see the fear in her eyes, but she gets up, sits up quickly, looks around, 
She's in a medical bay of a starship. How does she know this? How does she know anything? Thoughts running through her head. Today feels like the first day of her life, yet her mind races with memories she doesn't recognize. How can you not recognize a memory? She stands up and wanders out of the med bay into a hallway where she sees a trail of blood leading in two directions. Trepidatiously, she follows one of the trails around the corner and into another room. The trail ends suspiciously uh, with remnants of restraints lying around and a severed furry hand. The voice booms out from everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Who are you? I am Seiyun. Well, hello, Seiyun. My name is Steve. <laughs> Steve? Yes. I am the artificial intelligence of this ship named the Sarissa. Sarissa. It seems strangely familiar, but distant. Foreign. Huh. Who who is the leader of this ship? Her name is Captain Kreska. Kreskaletha. Kreskaletha. Hmm. Does that name ring a bell to you? It feels like a chrysalis. The hollow shell of an insectoid left behind. Something like an impression that's there but not there. I don't know. That that makes sense, Steve. It doesn't. I do not understand poetry. However, I hope you don't mind me saying so. You are quite beautiful. Um, I don't even... And it dawns on Seiyun that she doesn't know what she looks like. And so she looks around for a mirror. She walks up to it and sees this Demaya Lashunta form. Purple hair as Troy described. Green eyes just staring back into herself, but not... It's almost like an animal looking into a mirror and not knowing it's itself at first and having just like strange moments of like touching her own face and like looking at her teeth as she pulls her bottom lip away. If you don't mind me saying you are looking at yourself as if you're seeing yourself for the first time. That's precisely what's happening, Steve. Um... I'm sorry, and she's just wearing whatever kind of strange medical clothing was on inside of there. It's a tie-dye bikini. Tie-dye bikini. (laughs) (laughs) One piece, probably. Why is the the improv rule, yes and? uh, (laughs) No. It should be no, stop. Go to stop. (laughs) No, come on. No, come on. Um, And then I think she looks around for like a chest and like there's probably uh, inside the gear you saw her on the field in. Um, and she dons it and says, Steve, I, 
I need to leave the ship. The Sarissa, is that all right? Is that something I can do? You are free to come and go as you please, from what I understand. If you don't mind, though we've never met, something about you seems very familiar now that you are dressed with that gear. Hold on, searching database. Ah, here it is. And then on displays near you, and then you see displays popping up elsewhere on the ship, uh, there are several images of Meshan Vanya appearing. Um, there's images of her with the Drift Rock 5 on Good Morning Glipglorp. There's images of her sleeping on the Sarissa. Images of, of her standing and talking casually with a Yosoki in a lab coat. Just this barrage of collected images in the Sarissa's database of Mei Shun. And they end in um, an image of Mei Shun's remains. Much of her half-dissolved in acid along with Dr. Friss's reports on her death. And I think yeah, okay. this just sends aneurysm, uh, migraine level, I should say, pain through her, her head, and she just grabs her temples when she sees it, and it's seeing your own body uh, so uh, decimated by the acid burns that Mei Shun went through right after seeing her casually living and thinking... Is that me? <clears throat> what is this thing that looks just like me? You say your name is Seyun, but according to my records, your name is Meishan Vanya, and you are deceased. Vanya. Meishan. Ah, and like a glitch happens in her head again as she like tries to access these memories that aren't her own. And she's blocked, basically. Like a mental firewall pops up. I... I don't know about that. I know that my name is Seiyun, and I can sense great power awakening. And I know that I was to awaken alongside that great power, and I must seek it out, Steve. Yes, well, you should know that the captain, and then all of a sudden just sensors erupt throughout the ship, and then boom, the ship shakes, and you almost mm. lose your footing, like it was hit with a blast from the outside. And Steve changes tone, changes topic, and is like, a hostile ship is nearby, and firing on the Sarissa. Boom! The ship shakes again, and you see sparks fly out uh, from a distant portion down the corridor. Uh, and Steve says, I believe it is in your best interest to follow your instincts and find safety so that you do not die a second time. Uh, and without saying a word, uh, Seiyan just darts down the hallway. And I think like if like uh, a compression pipe were to burst and like shoot flame out or something like that, yeah. you see that happen and she immediately reacts and you see just this like video compression glitch happens and she steps out of reality and exists like 10 feet down the hallway away from it and starts <laughs> oh, to the entrance. Oh, oh badass. <laughs> <laughs> and like her pain, the, the yeah. pain returns in her head as she does it, but she's able to keep on darting down the hallway as it happens. Oh. And out, and you look up, and you see a ship flying in. It looks like a skeleton, this flying animal carcass firing at the Sarissa, and you dart into the trees and disappear. And now we come back 
to the six of you standing there looking at these bodies realizing another wave of people are going to come and standing next to someone that looks very similar to an old friend of yours what do you do is Linnaeus Linnaeus didn't you run onto the ship yeah I did but I but if Troy wants me to be outside I can come outside all of you well Linnaeus just steps back outside he's like Steve something's wrong with Steve yeah (laughs) Steve (laughs) What is the condition of the? What is the condition of the ship? It, it, he's not responsive. He's he's not responsive. The ship is like it's 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 it's, it's a massacre in there. We need to we need to fix it. Is it right flyable? Now. No. Is that true? Like, it's in bad shape. You can see from the outside. It would take uh, a long time to get uh, um, get it back to perfect condition, and it could take hours to get it in. Uh, in the condition to be able to fly. But what is your plan? Let's think about that for a second. You know from Osteth that your options are pretty limited, your options to save the world. You can either uh, take control of the stellar degenerator and fly it directly into one of the 12 suns or find something of unbelievable size and power and collide it with the degenerator. Above you, that you've seen on the monitors, there's an enormous armada of ships led by one huge ultronaut uh, fighting off the Gate of the Twelve Suns defenses en route to the Stellar Degenerator. So even if you could get the Sarissa up and running, you'd be flying straight into this battle above. Let's get to their ship. At least we'll have a way to get past the fleet. We're abandoning, we're abandoning Sarissa. We'll come back. Also, Steve is software. I'm sure we could port him over. Yeah. Chris, can we? Can we? We might need Steve. I don't know if, um, I mean, if we try to take another ship, maybe we could import Steve and, and it might help. Uh, Friss is like, eyes are fixed on who he thinks is Meishan. And he's just like kind of shaken from his this trance. He's like, I can try. And he starts moving back towards the Sarissa, kind of glancing over his shoulder at Meishan. But he's going to go back and see if he can take Steve's operating system out and to implant somewhere else. Okay, uh, so you run onto the ship, head to the bridge. You see the like smoke coming out of the tube, uh, bursts of flames, like uh, in Meishan's flashback there, or Seiyun's flashback. Uh, you get to the bridge, roll a computer's check to try and download what remains of Steve's uh, artificial consciousness. Oh, uh, 24. 24. Uh, no, sorry, 27. 27. Okay, you get it. At first glance, something seems not right with it. Um, but you know this is all this is all you got. Okay. Yeah, he gets gets it downloaded, sees it's maybe corrupted, and he goes to his before really quickly, like as much as uh, happening on the ship, he runs to his quarters and grabs something. And then he comes back. It's crazy to think because Linnea and Friss, and let's not to discount Linnea, but Friss has been on this ship since the beginning. There has to be this thought running through your head that, like, you may never see this old ship again. Uh, sorry, I was doing music. We're ditching the ship? Yeah. 
<laughs> for, forever? Well, at least to get, get to now. the stellar degenerator. There's no way through the fleet. And there's no way to fix it in time. We're abandoning Steve. Okay. Well, Steve I have Steve. Steve here. Did you get, F, uh, Dr. First, did you get my Mountain Dew? Uh, no, but I can replicate no, it. It's I fine, think. it's fine. Callum runs on the ship to get his Mountain Dew. No. <laughs> the ship explodes. Will you come back? He runs out holding uh, like a baby. It? It's just Mountain Dew. It's a leader of Mountain Dew. I'm alone, you know. I'm alone, you know. <laughs> Boom. Uh, do we get the sense it is actually too dangerous to run on, uh, or, or like that it's going to explode imminently, or can no, we run on? things it? you need to grab. You you probably have time. Dax is going to grab his guitar, so he runs <sighs> in to the room and it's just like and he looks he looks at the drum set and just stops Aww. and then runs out uh, by the way no, that was qualified oh, no. I, hope, I hope it's a flying V like metal guitar and you call it Dax's axe <laughs> <laughs> oh I haven't actually named it no it's uh it's um uh Eoxian guitar it's a bone guitar it's an, an Eoxian oh. bone guitar oh that's hell metal. yeah that's yeah, metal. Metal that was like a hell. DLC in uh, rock band. I think there was like a bone guitar. Was there? <laughs> was there? I think I think there was. Yeah, our guitar hero. It was, it was sick. Uh, so Kreska uh, yeah, spots. He doesn't. She doesn't know her name, but Seiyun, and is like, "Hello there." Hello, I'm looking for Kres Kaletha. That is me. Oh, what an auspicious occasion. I am Seiyun. Seiyun, you helped us in the battle. Yes. Are you willing to help us a little more? Can I, can, is, I know the Armada is visible. Is the Stellar Degenerator visible from where we're standing right now? No, in fact, neither of them are. I think it would be like lights in the sky. It's not mm-hmm. like a clear thing that you can see, like the moon during the day. Sometimes but something aberrational, something that's not normal is in the sky? Sure, yeah. Okay. So Seiyun points at that aberrational thing and says, I sense a great awakening, and I don't understand my place in it, but I know that I am to be there. Are you heading there? Yes. A weapon of truly horrific proportions is up there. It has been... A gate has been opened to it. Mm. Unfortunately, a massive armada of evil has appeared here as well and seeks the same weapon. We seek to destroy it and end the threat to, to life in this universe. If you will accept my aid, I would... Love to accompany you. You have no idea how easy it is to accept aid from you. <laughs> I suppose oh. I will learn, Kreskaletha. Um, <laughs> yes. Which and which direction did you say the? Uh, we think the bone ship is Troy. You see, burnt into the ground, uh, sort of to the to the north of the landing pad where the Sarissa is, is a pathway that they must have uh, landed the ship um, out in the jungle a little bit, uh, where you were very trepidatious about going anywhere near the jungle because of these little tendrils reaching out and maybe another Jeb's nut. The it's scorched earth, and uh, you, while you can't see the ship, you know it must be in that direction. Dax, if you wouldn't yes, mind. Leading us into the jungle. We have a, a ship to take. Gladly, Captain. And he will raise uh, his yellow star plasma array. <laughs> I thought you he will raise 
his Stratocaster and start playing. And then he just goes, <laughs> You want a jungle metal? Let's do this. Um, no, he doesn't have a fucking amp right now. So you have to figure that out later. And he puts so he puts the guitar on his back and just starts going through the fucking jungle. Uh, so he's got his yellow star plasma array out and he's just walking through looking for wildlife threats that he will just shoot instantly if he sees anything that's going to bother them or impede their progress to this ship uh, and he'll move with all speed all right so you guys start hustling there as you're going this there's just these weird sounds all around you and you hear (laughs) chittering bubbling sounds all around and you're like this please make this be over fast because uh you just you don't want to be in the jungle for too long and uh eventually after going about 10 15 minutes hustling uh you see the ship and it looks like someone's rib cage exploded outward just a mass of fragmented bone shards all jutting in odd (laughs) angles and different directions with this ominous looking red dome shaped canopy covering the bridge uh, give me a culture check if you're a, a cultural God, person. That's so cool. Who, whose job is that? Whose job <laughs> is like over at Paizo, or if they outsource it, they're like, we need you to design eighty badass starships of all different. <laughs> kinds. You know what I mean? Like, what a fun thing to do. What Stressful, I, love, I imagine, but what, I, what, what a I, cool thing. I love about um, it is the differentiation that happens kind of like in StarCraft, like when you get to Zerg ships versus the Terran ships, and like that's what it feels like seeing in Eox. It's so gross. Yeah. Oh, I rolled yes. a, um, a nat 20 first roll of the <laughs> ep. I feel so good about myself. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> there you uh, go, Cal. Callum, it's something I never use. I forget. I did put points into uh, culture, so that's a 27, and I think it's because Callum bounced around a lot, even though yeah. he's young, and he's seen a lot of weird stuff that he's kind of like absorbed like a sponge. Did some time with the corpse fleet. Uh, no, but yeah, he definitely would have uh, been around enough to know about the, you know the corpse fleet and their uh, relationship with the pack worlds. And so, somewhere in your uh, collective memory, you know this is a ship known as a Blackwind Sepulcher. Um, it is a ship meant to carry Marines. And he relays that. I think he's kind of like you know when a kid loves guns and it's a little weird. Like he's like, oh, this is. I, I know what this is. Uh, I've I've seen I've seen these before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These carry marines. Yeah, these are heavily. Yeah, this is like artillery based. Subscribes to Jane's. (laughs) (laughs) It's a military dropship. There could be more troopers on board, though unlikely. Proceed with caution. Steve did warn us before we before before he 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 uh, and she can't even fucking say it. Uh, He he warned us that more are coming. I don't know. We should be be on your guard. Okay. You walk towards the ship, the ominous red eye of the ship staring at all of you as you go towards what you assume is the entrance, this gaping hole between bones. Uh, You walk up like a bunch of long femurs that look like steps to get into the ship. And what's the party order? You go in two by two, single file, V formation? Two by two. Yeah, I'll be next to Kreska. I'm assuming we're probably towards the back. Matthew, you tell me. Probably towards the back. Um, yeah. Linnea, be, you want to come it, with me? Yes, and she, she, uh, but she gives us Friss an anxious look of like, 
he's guarding her child, basically. Um, but lover in this case, so never mind. But and she go to Dex. <laughs> Your relationship with Steve is nothing but strange. Yeah, <laughs> top spot. Yeah. It's getting more complicated. <laughs> it's getting more and more complicated. <laughs> I thought Callum was your child. Yeah, no, I messed up the backstory again. Never. But now I'm like your brother, and Steve's like your child. My sister, my daughter, my sister. My daughter. It's a John Mayer so confused about the emotions. Chris uh, like rolls his eyes and pats his, his, his vest pocket where, where Steve currently lies. Shh, quiet, my child. Uh, all right, so Linnea and... Dax, come on first with the Seyun and Dr. Friss in the middle and uh, Kreska and Callum uh, in the rear and you're looking all around you weapons drawn, spell hands ready in some cases and you get on the ship, are you heading towards the bridge? It's dark in there, just like red light illuminating everything, probably mostly from the light coming in from the bridge, it's just giving everything a red glow Yes, to the bridge yep, To the bridge all right, as take it to the bridge. Take it, take take it, it to the, the bridge. bridge. You walk inside Damn. and you see <laughs> you see this writhing creature, uh, pale skinned and wired directly into the controls, with nodes covering its eyes and other vital areas all over and, and wires running directly into its skull. And it's just like... Doctor, have you ever seen anything like this before? Uh, has the doctor seen anything like this before? Give me a... This would be a mysticism roll. Oh, yeah, I can do that too. Him. So yeah, Frisk, you're like I don't know, not not his strong suit. Yeah, uh, eleven. Yeah, no. thirty-five. Say Young gets Ooh. a thirty-seven. Ooh. Oh, okay, oh, coming oh, in hot. Oh, oh. I know I who this. the new captain's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Frisk, you're you're stymied by it. Like you know, the corpse fleet has a lot of crazy undead stuff going on. But this is out of your. Um, out of your purview, Kreska, you know, and then somewhere in Seyun's implanted memories, uh, this is a cybernetic zombie. Whoa. They are, Whoa. uh, they what? are, they are used to like, controls can be sent, they're wired directly into the ship, and they can be used to communicate with the rest of the armada in this case. Does each mm-hmm. like have a zombie, and they're all like hive mind zombie stuff? Possibly, um, do you, you know? Would you, think that the, you would think the zombie takes care of a lot of. Uh, it's like an efficiency zombie. This Having the so, zombie there can do things for you. This is we, so funny. We're we're rewatching Battlestar Galactica, and this is the same system that the Cylons use. Yeah, that's what I was in thinking the reboot. Too. Yeah, as the hybrids was controlling the, the ship. Yeah. Oh wow! Is is there a reason for us to be concerned that the this? That it would expose us if we tried to fly. If, you know, if we tried to fly up there, would it communicate to the cor- other members of the corpse fleet that we weren't? You both rolled so high, you would know that most likely not. Um, it's it, not it, sentient in and of itself to yeah, communicate anything. It takes orders, receives information, and does things. It's like now, a computer. That's not to say that uh, if they get wise to what you're doing, they couldn't maybe communicate with the zombie like who's on that ship. Um, but it is not a sentient. Creature. Order it to self-destruct right. from afar. Remote <laughs> right. self-destruct. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, is there are there inputs? Like, do you how do you can how do you fly the ship? There is a computer system. Um, it's a little bit different than the Sarissa, um, but it's a lot of it is cosmetic. Like, it's still we're still dealing with computers here. It's just everything is bones and jagged angles. I'm I'm uh, thrilled you didn't say you stick one hand in its mouth and the other in its left ear, and then you pull down on the jaw, and then it takes off. Does Dax get in the zombie? Does, does Dax think he could fly it? <laughs> You're like, does anybody know how to drive a stick? <laughs> um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> My dad uh, had a cybernetic zombie. <laughs> That's what I learned on. Yeah, I learned on a cybernetic zombie. My first girlfriend taught me how to use a cybernetic zombie. Um, yeah, you know, if it's got wings, you can fly it. Ooh. All right, you're going to need a, a, a computer specialist to get this thing hacked. And this is tricky. Friss, uh... Give me a general perception here, just coming up to the computers, like assessing if there's countermeasures or what general information you can get. Uh, perception, that is a 31. Okay. Uh, the good news is you don't see any uh, any uh, countermeasures in place if you screw up. Um, you feel like if you really did a bad check, there's a chance you could lock yourself up, but the worst that would happen is it would slow you down. Um because you'd have to wait for however long until you could try hacking again. It seems like you, you you have two options. You can try a separate computer's check in order to unlock each role from captain to gunner to science officer, engineer, magic officer, and chief mate. Or you could try a much more difficult check to try and gain root access to the Blackwind Sepulchre's Sepulchre. I'm so much trouble with that word. Sepulchre's computers, uh, which would allow you to unlock all roles in one hit. It's just a harder role, but you could have your friends try and aid you. Okay, so I think Friss is thrown off initially by this. He hates stuff like this because he's so used to being knowledgeable and good at everything, and this is the one area that just baffles him. He can't wrap his mind around it. So he's just really thrown off, but he's just like, kind of getting his bearings when he's just like, okay, wait. I can do this. I think I can do this. And he explains the situation. And he and he says, like, because the captain says, what do you think I should do? Go for root access so go one by one. How much time do we have? How much faith do you have in me? I have immense faith in you, doctor. Would you accept help from some of us? Of course. I can't aid, but can anyone else aid? In computers? Yeah. Yes, Dax can aid. I'm here for you, Doctor. Meanwhile, the zombie is just twitching the whole time. Let me take a look at this. Perhaps root access would be the riskier, but higher reward option. I recommend we go for root access, Captain. It is going to give us the most control over future decisions that we have not yet encountered. Very well. Say young ghost ghost-like slides up behind Dr. Friss, not knowing his name, and sees him about to access the terminal and will pull out her personal computer and say, I'm ready to assist. Yeah, your memories, whatever are implanted in you, there's no memories of Friss and Kreska and Dax. This all happened from uh, Stonbeck implanting these memories. Yeah, Dax doesn't know what to say at all. He's just like, he was following the captain's lead because like whenever this kind of weird like interpersonal stuff happens that he's like unsure of. He just follows the lead of other people, and he's like, she, he, "Captain didn't say anything about like your mission. 
Why don't you yeah. just say that? And so he's just like following that lead, but he doesn't know what to say. He's just like, okay, I'm just going to focus on the problem at hand. Um, and he'll try to aid in computers. Yeah, I think Chris is kind of the same thing. He's like, we have more immediate issues, but yeah. this is this is the yeah. next order of business. Is yeah. figuring out who this is. I think Kreska is kind of going to eventually defer to the doctor about yeah. what's going on. But for the meantime, it seems like best not to like, you know. Yeah, like Chris is hoping right now. It's just like he hopes there's some kind of med bay here. We can do. He wants to do a thorough scan and psychological workup of, of this creature. <clears throat> Uh, I got a 12. I can't. I can never remember if it's 10 or 15 to 10. aid. DC 10. 10. All right, so okay. Dax aids. I aid with a 32. Okay. <laughs> okay. So four. that's plus four. Anybody else throwing their hat in the ring? Have any mm-hmm. skill in computers? No. Uh, I could try. I mean, it's not high, but why not? Yeah, you might as well try. Sure. There's no penalty for Nope, you. that's going to be a nine. Okay. So plus four. Okay. Here we go. No. Motherfucker. No. Norse found it again. <laughs> <laughs> Norse found it again. For all your random number generating needs, as long as you don't need anything higher than a five. <gasps> oh, no. 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 Uh, 32. 32. It's time to take a word from our sponsors. Oh, <laughs> Norse Foundry. <laughs> We're back, and I imagine if that was an actual commercial break, we come back and Friss is just slamming his head against the dashboard. God, just, I'm used to cruise, useless, what I gotta do? It's the scene from Office Space. <laughs> Kreska, meanwhile, you're just staring at the zombie, thinking like, if only I could control the zombie, maybe I could bypass all of this. Is there a way to do it? Telepathically, I mean, it's undead, so is there a mind to... A mysticism check? Do you want a separate mysticism mysticism Give me a mysticism check. check. Uh, 90-16 for 35. 35. You would need some sort of magic that may not be accessible to you, depending on what you've taken, or your new companion, Seiyun. Seems like she's uh, displaying... Uh, technomagical uh, things. I mean, I don't know if this mystic. matters, but would an at-will ability to cast telepathic bond have any uh, be able to help in this situation? Um, the problem is they're they're mindless, right, David? Yep. Yeah. I would say those same immunities would apply there. Question. Yeah. How about can um, if we? What would happen if we touch it? Like, see if we can rewire, like they do in Battlestar Galactica. They they start driving it by figuring out how to. How to uh, move the muscles, basically. (laughs) It's kind of disgusting. Question. I don't know if this would work either. It's just a cantrip, too. It might not be helpful at all. But with grave words, it's for a corpse. Could I potentially try to use that on the zombie just to see if the zombie will, like, talk or give any information whatsoever? That's interesting. Um... Or is it like a muscle? Or is it like a muscle... Like a dead muscle, or yeah. is it? Uh, the spell doesn't affect a corpse that has been turned into an undead creature. Is the last line of that spell? So it's, it's such a cool idea, yeah. but yeah, in this case, it's undead. So you, you really need a spell that can control undead. But I mean, with How the thirty-five about... mysticism, we don't know the spell. Control undead. 
Turn undead. Oh, really? really? Like that, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. What, what about what about command undead? Control Absolutely. undead is a six level spell, but Meishun has access to command undead. That would work. Is it at your your spell ca- a spontaneous caster? Like you can just do it. Like I have her list right now. I have Command Undead as well. It was one of the spells I traded out, I believe. Mm. Mm. Looks mm. like you can drive mm. this ship any way oh, you want. Really? Maybe back to Absalom Station. But yeah, if you cast Command Undead, let me know. We'll talk. We'll have a conversation amongst friends. I imagine it's so cute if Seon and Kreska both put little hands on the wheel and they both like Command the Zombie. So we maybe it's maybe it's around like Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Kreska turns to Seon and it's like. Like as part of the mysticism check, she's like, "Do you think? Yes. Do you think a command undead spell would work here? I don't know why I know Kreskaletha, but I think so. Um, and just as a uh, roundabout way, uh, it is interesting. The numbers revealed this. Kreska and Seyun have the same mysticism bonus, so like they're like equal levels of understanding from a different route of doing so." Um, and Command Undead has a DC attached to it, so it would allow us yeah. both to cast. Well, try it, it and it, see what happens. Well, it depends if uh, Troy, if you reason that it's an intelligent undead or is it unintelligent. Mm. Is you the might DC need to save. different. Yes. Well, no. In one case, there's a save. In the other case, there isn't. Okay. It is unintelligent. So, okay. No save needed. Uh, and you can give nice. it basic commands with just a casting, like "come here, yeah. go, fight, stand still." Uh, it will, it won't. Unintelligent undead won't resist suicidal or obviously harmful orders. Which have fun with that too. <laughs> Most importantly <laughs> for we, you, you would be able to unlock all the crew roles. That's what I was going to say. Can we give it? Can yeah. we give it a command to uh, give us access to the computers to give Chris Chris another check to get him get, get us in? You don't even need to do that. You can just tell it to unlock it and it will you can all get on your station fire up the ship would you say Yun, would you like to do the honors or shall I I follow in your lead Prescaletha. very well uh, I will cast command undead and just give it to command to unlock all systems and you just see all of the different uh, stations around the bridge just light up so and buzz awesome. <laughs> and the zombie just twitches in its seat as the nodes send electricity throughout the ship. That's awesome. Shall we go see what's, what's going on with the stellar degenerator? Um, yes. All right. So he's going to get in, sit down, get familiar with the controls. This is awesome because now, like, you know, we can fly right through this fleet. Hopefully they won't pick up on our, our deception. Um, all right. Can he just fly it, Troy? Is it pretty standard uh, packed worlds control schemes? Oh, yeah. It takes you a second to kind of get your footing and be like, oh, yeah, I know how oh, this yeah. baby goes. I know this. Uh, one thing you all notice is, like all corpse fleet ships, it's completely open to the air. So you need oh. to use the environmental protections of your suits oh. uh, or you are, will explode. <laughs> Once you oh. leave this atmosphere, um, so Jesus. keep that, that in mind. So fucked up. I don't know if uh, you have a, a, a limited use on those things or not, but you know, depending on what your plan is here, um, 
you're going to have to be in the vacuum of space. In pressure suits. Yeah. I would yeah. I would argue that like if we if we can with uh, if we can if there's energy and electricity on the ship, we would be able to like charge, charge. all the time. Absolutely. Um, I love because Ellie herself is so afraid of outer space. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to negotiate any way out of this that she can. This all goes. Also- yeah, go ahead, Ellie. No, I was going to say, and I also would argue that could we ha- would we have time to build a roof? So <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were doing so well. You should have just quit. <laughs> charging station. I was on board for, it, but uh, yeah, yeah no roof. who knew to uh, fully pressurize and have environmental controls within a ship set for outer space? All it needed. Was a roof, so, <laughs> I, I think like a corrugated roof. <laughs> corrugated <laughs> roof. My concern is less about breathing because all of our suits can do that. But will we have any? I mean, like we pull if we do a high G maneuver, like there's yeah. no, there's no atmosphere in. Are there ship. any inertial dampers or anything? Yeah, there must be some sort of technology. Yeah. What so about radiation? Te- what about cosmic radiation? Yeah, where are cosmic radiation? Yeah, well, my suit protects s- against that too. I'm good. Yeah, I think your suits all have radiation protection. Uh, up to a certain time, it's not like, all right, here's the rest of our lives living in this ship. Uh, that wouldn't work. Because uh, eventually you'd deplete the power core if you kept recharging the suit as well. The two uh, things on the armor that we haven't visited since Castravel is the number of charges. So you, at our high-level charges, for example, my armor has 264 charges of environmental protection. So that's 264 hours. And then, yeah, Troy's correct. It's low levels of radiation and a plus four bonus against higher levels of radiation. An armor of seventh level and higher grants immunity to medium radiation levels and provides a plus six bonus. So everyone might have uh, level seven at this point. God. I do. Mine's level 12. What was that planet where it was like your Geiger counter was, you were really close to high radiation? Eox. Eox. Was it Eox? Oh, Oh yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. Like it feels like forever ago, but I remember yeah, having to yeah. roll because uh, PG got radiation sickness, and That's then some right. other disease, and then yeah. it was like you have to. It was an insane save. It was like six die yeah. rolls to to not go further down. I think you went ladder. into the final fight still sick, like you were coming yeah. down from the radio. Yeah, that's right. And also, remember, this goes back to our first, first starship combat when you had that uh, that ship that you borrowed from Absalom Station and the uh, the operative had stolen a uh, – the android operative had stolen one of those uh, single flyer corpse ships or oh, yeah. bone ships that was open to the air. But whereas an android, they didn't have to worry about breathing in the vacuum of space. Anyways, this is your ship now, and you can just like put your hand out, and your your hand is outside of the ship. So you know, once you leave the atmosphere, you're just going to be exposed to space. I like I do that thing like where you put your hand out the the side of an air, uh, side of the car while you're driving, and you, you fly <laughs> your hand as Dax takes her up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Talk to me. Let's go. Uh, he is going to fly straight toward the stellar degenerator. All right. Well. Let's see if that's still your plan when you leave the atmosphere. Because Question. yes, before I uh, just because if we're then exposed to space, is there any like suits or anything that we can cover ourselves up as well? Because then they would be able to see us. 
Oh. You don't have to worry about that as much. That's a good point. But there's so much going on in the ship. The greater uh, fear is the uh, being exposed to space, not like, hey, wait a minute. Well, it's also not our Marines. <laughs> but it's also like Get the em. sheer the sheer scale of it. Like they would That's have true. to be right next to you. And yeah. ships do not fly right next to each other in space. Yeah, it's not like the highway. But to <laughs> yeah. be safe, we should dress ourselves up in skeleton costumes like the kids in Karate Kid. So ordered. For detection, I think the biggest problem will be is that a uh, normally oxygen ship would not show up any living signatures on it. That's true. So if we get scanned by a ship directly, I think we'd show up, we'd light up like a Christmas tree. We could also pay us. We could say, "Oh, we have prisoners aboard." That's how I say. We can have the the zombie broadcasts the information that we've captured, captured some yeah. life. Oh, and Dax and undead. And Dax can show up. I don't know if androids show up. They wouldn't show up as undead, but they might show up as like a different life signature. So he, he could, shows up. Dax shows up as undead. Perfect. <laughs> oh, ah. Your brains are in the right space. Remember these thoughts as we get into space, because. Once you leave the atmosphere and you start heading towards this battle that is happening above the controller moon, you see that the surrounding space is constantly illuminated by flaring beams of energy that are lashing out from the system's controller moons. Not only the moon that you are exiting, but all of the moons that make up the Gate of the Twelve Suns. Gouts of incandescent flame pulled from the suns by gravitational pulses. The ancient weapons are, are wildly inaccurate, you can see, and firing uh, haphazardly at the uh, corpse fleet armada. Uh, oftentimes you'll see a, a flare come up and it fades out before it even reaches uh, the intended target or it just detonates uh, in apparently empty space. But... Even so, the Corpse Fleet Armada, you can see, is, is beginning to show signs of extensive damage from these, uh, archaic, this archaic defense system. Now that you're up there and you see this, this, this war going on, you can see that the largest of the Corpse Fleet vessels, the one that you saw on the monitor back in the station... Is it's, it's bigger than any space station you've ever seen. It's absolutely huge, and it's surrounded by explosions, debris from ships that have exploded, um, and then debris from its own hull and from the escort ships that were flying around it, uh, and they were destroyed trying to protect it. And so it's forming a, a cloud that would block uh, most of your effort to even get a, a clear image of the exact shape of this vessel because it's weird, uh, similar to the sepulcher that you're on. However, blasts from the Ultranaut um, clearly mark it as the most effective member of the Armada. So while all these other ships are fighting against uh, these defense mechanisms, from time to time you'll see just ba -ba boom blasts come down and like a whole defense system of a planet will be taken out. So the mothership is uh, clearly the most dangerous. It's not just uh, there uh, to, to house all of the other ships. Go ahead and give a scan of the main ship. Um, I think that would be Friss. Yeah. Science officer. Finally. With so much going on here and the debris floating around, you're, you feel like you got a chance here before you do what you want to do. Uh, 41 computers. 41 computers. Okay. That's actually really, really good. So, 
you're scanning it from the sepulcher, and you can see that this massive vessel is known as the Empire of Bones. <laughs> and it's bigger than even a colossal starship. It is practically bristling with capital weapons. And, is this uh, like the flagship of the corpse fleet? Is it like <laughs> at least of this wing of it? Um, is it like the 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 the? I don't want to say it because uh, I know Joe gets mad, but like the big round super weapon thingy in a very popular Disney franchise. Is it like the like a star destroyer, like an Imperial star destroyer? Oh, Death Star. The Death Star. Well, it's not uh, circular. It, it kind of has more of a, a, an Imperial Star Destroyer feel to it in, in, ah. in both size and scope, uh, but with the weapons of, of a Death Star on it. Uh, well, actually, no, the, we- the super, the Stellager Generator is more of the Death Star destro- mm. Planet Destroyer, and this is more of an Imperial Star Destroyer. That's right. This is. The Executor. Androids and Aliens, Executor. a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> An officially licensed Star officially Wars. Licensed Star Wars first, officially licensed Star Wars podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, Friss, and answer your question, the thing about the Corpse Fleet is, like, no one quite knows what their deal is. Like, they know it's out there. They know that they're not signatory to the Pact Worlds. It is very possible this is the mothership of the Corpse Fleet. It's also possible that they've got dozens of these all throughout the, the universe just waiting uh, to do stuff like this. Uh you also notice that similar to your ship, this entire ship contains no atmosphere. So it's like a, it's like a small city. The many explosions of the ongoing battle look to be partially clouding the sensors of the Empire Bones. Uh, because many, many of its weapons are trained on the ancient Kishali defenses. So Amazing. It might be possible to slip in closer to the vessel and board it without anyone noticing. Oh, man. That would oh, be geez. so cool. I can yeah. hear Friss saying this all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You yeah, can Max just rips out his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time. It's like, yes. You can uh, intuit from your check that a medium or smaller starship, like the one you're on, uh, that could land on the Hall of the Empire Bones, could remain there probably undetected, undetected for an extended period of time, depending on what type of security is in place there. Uh, the good thing for you is there's so much going on right now, there's no time like the present to try and pull off a maneuver like this. And because you're rolled so high, uh, you also know that the Empire of Bones has several hangar bays along its length, one of which is currently launching a small squadron of fighters, which leaves a wide-open entryway protected by a minor force field that uh, keeps out space debris. Hmm. So uh, a ship your size could land in that bay no prob! Yeah. Uh, alternatively, you could attach yourselves to the ship and spacewalk over to that uh, bay if you so choose. If we hurry, there's an empty bay. Should be able to get in undetected. Dax, you think you can handle that kind of maneuver? I see it, Captain. There's plenty of room. Uh, all right. He punches the impulse engines, and everybody but him flies out the side of the vessel. <laughs> because of how stupidly designed <laughs> Exactly. We forgot to put on the seatbelt. Yeah, exactly. Do they, they do say? staple themselves to the floor? <laughs> what about micro debris in space when you're traveling at near light speeds? What about that? Yeah, if you destroy something... 
It's, it's, do they oh, have right. shields? Well, do they have shields? Surely this, this ship has shields. I, I, also, ship has shields. I love the fact that they also like material. Why would bone be a good material for a spaceship as well? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Can't you just pay the extra $5 and it close the whole thing in bone? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's stop <laughs> ruining the game. Fly around the convertibles. All right, I'm sorry. I, think, I think it's very cool, though. I must say, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's I, cool. They I all fly around board. in T-tops. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to board. I want to board like the Bone Death Star. That's what I want to do. Yes, here uh, right, Dax will pull it in. Before you go to not... Bone Town, hold on and uh, look <laughs> in the, go down to Bone Town. Look in the Skype chat, and I'll actually uh, I'll send you a link to the stats of this ship. Oh, uh, no. and you will see it is not the Sarissa. It is no. That's it a is serious step down. How do you say that? How down. do you say it? sepulture? Sepulchre. I, yeah. Sepulchre. I've heard sepulchre, but I think sepulchre is... Sepulchre is, is correct. It's just harder to say. Pulch. You want to say pulch, it just flows on the tongue, but it's sepulchre. 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 You know, pulchre uh, is Latin for beauty. Oh, well, it's, it's the ship is anything is. but. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's funny. Pulchre sounds very, like a very bad word to describe something beautiful. You're so pulchre. <laughs> right. Pulchre. Uh, so you can see that this ship is not, uh, certainly not the Sarissa. I mean, it's not even as good as the Sarissa when you found it as the Sunrise Maiden, I don't think. Obviously, you've made a number of uh, alterations and upgrades. It's, uh, it's almost identical to when we found the Sarissa, if memory okay. serves. Similar. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what is going on in front of you uh, all these other ships uh, are, are slightly more badass. And what you notice, Dax, before you're ready to kick it into high gear to fly directly at the Ultranaut, the Empire of Bones, between you and the mothership, your scanners are picking up four ships known as Crypt Wardens that are patrolling the space in front of you and the ship. Um, now, while the Sarissa may have had a fighting chance against these four ships, your current ship is of a much lower tier and would be completely outmatched against one of them, let alone four of them. Uh, not to mention, uh, depending on how you do this, if you arouse the suspicion of the Ultranaut, you know they could fire one shot at you and your ship would be dust with all of you in it. Luckily for you, they're very busy at the moment. Based on where you are and the speed of your ship, it will take you, in game terms, four rounds to fly to this open hangar bay that Friss found. As soon as you enter the airspace, though, here, one of the Crip Wardens sends you a communication requesting clearance codes. Oh, God. And now, a much better version of Starship Combat for radio commences. Oh, no. I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. <laughs> get, ready, just, get all those quotes ready. It's happening. Uh, Callum looks at Kreska and, and he's like, can, can, can you just tell the, the zombie computer to, to tell him the codes? I hope so. <laughs> Let me tell you what you can do. Each of you will have certain things you can do and certain things you can't do. We're still going to be moving in uh, normal uh, starship combat rounds um, from... Uh, where are my notes here? What are the right? It goes engineering, helm, and yep. then gunnery. Yeah, engineering, yep. helm, yep. and gunnery. But it's going to work a little bit differently. So, 
this mini game, for lack of a better word, will will work a bit differently because it all comes down to the crew finding ways to assist the captain, who at the end of each helm phrase, helm phase, will need to attempt to send a garbled communication that will hopefully appear to be legitimate corpse fleet identification. Barring any changes in the flight patterns of the Crypt Wardens and your own ship, you're going to have to do this four times, one for each ship, as you creep towards the Empire of Bones and uh, try not to arouse uh, suspicion. Should you fail one of these communications, well, we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. But your crew roles will change for this game. So the captain, whoever is the captain for this game, because you may decide Kreska might not be the one for this job. Your skill is garbled communication. You can transmit an intentionally garbled communication that appears to be a legitimate corpse fleet identification. You need a bluff check to convincingly answer the crypt warden who has just answered a challenge to you. If you fail it, Again, we'll talk about that later. The engineer can do something known as a fake glitch. You can fake a glitch in one of your systems, such as communications or sensors, uh, and if you succeed, uh, it will prevent the nearest corpse fleet ship from insisting on direct communication, uh, which is essentially going to give your captain a bonus to their bluff check. So it's all, all the other people are doing things to support this one bluff check that the captain will have to do. And then if you fail, there are others of you that will be able to do things to try and save the situation. If you're the gunner, you can do cover fire. You can basically use the sepulchre's weapons to provide cover fire for other corpse fleet ships so it makes it look like you're attempting to protect the fleet from the uh, (laughs) Gate of the Twelve Suns defenses. So you'll have to roll a gunnery check against a certain AC and if you succeed... Uh, your captain will get to roll twice and take the better on the oh, bluff jack. Oh, cool. Nice. That's so awesome. Fucking Did you guys awesome. come up with this yourself? Uh, no, it's in the book, but David and I made some adjustments. Uh, I forgot to send you the new adjustments that I made, David, so you'll enjoy this too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dax, you're going to love this one, uh, or whoever ends up being the pilot. Fly casual. You, uh, <laughs> keep it cool. The yeah. cops, the cops are coming, man. Just look no, no, natural. Uh, keep your distance, but don't look like you're like trying you're keeping to keep your distance. distance. Fly casual. I don't know. Fly casual. <laughs> this is a big one. You emulate the flight pattern of the Armada ship. So as you're approaching, you're watching them, and you're like, I can, I can make it look like we're one of them. So you don't expose your ship to too much scrutiny, nor show any sign of attempting to avoid scrutiny. So you have to roll a piloting check, and if you succeed. Uh, the captain gets a real healthy bo- uh, boost to the uh, bluff check. Very cool. Um, you could also, as the pilot, just decide to do a piloting check in place of the captain's garbled communication. Uh, that's that's up to the captain. Uh, a lot more dangerous, more difficult check. Science officer. One of the things you could do, it's this is. I had this one. It's called. It's an older sign, but it checks out. <laughs> you roll a computer's check, and it adds a unique coding to the captain's transmission that appears to be a clear communication, um, and it adds a bonus to the captain's bluff check. The magic officer can create disturbance. You basically roll a mysticism check to tap into the magical energy of the cosmos and channel it into aiding the mission. And that bonus can be given to anyone's check. 
and then the chief mate, uh, calming presence. You uh, roll a diplomacy check. <laughs> this one I did just because I knew Ellie was going to be the chief mate. It's an open-ended <laughs> bonus based on how good your role play is. <laughs> Amazing. So you got to roll the diplomacy check. You got to hit the diplomacy check, and then if you if you really really boost somebody's confidence, they'll get a uh, a better or a worse bonus. I, so Troy, you devious little bastard! I actually have a skill that I haven't used yet in this game, so it might not actually work. We'll see. Let's find out. Boom! We are in the engineering phase. The communication has come through. Captain, you have to answer it. Uh, it's in the engineering phase. No, in the helm phase, right? You said at the end of the helm phase. Yeah, at the end of the helm phase, even though you can act in any round, you are tied in if, again, if you choose to be the captain, if you feel confident with your bluff check, or if you think you're endangering the mission and need to put somebody else in the captain chair, you yeah, can. Yeah, so, so what's, the, what's everyone's bluff bonus? On. Dax is out. I'm You're plus out, six. I'm plus You're sixteen. Out. <laughs> You're out, Tom. Uh, I'm plus seventeen. Okay. I'm uh, also plus seventeen. All right. So Kreska's is the right lizard for the job. So basically, in this first round, the gunner will not be able to help, um, and the captain has to act at the end of the helm round. The gunner, whoever is in the gunnery position, will start working towards the next round's check, assuming you pass this first one. So it is the what engineering phase. Science officer, chief mate, magic officer. When can they go? Engin- uh, Science the engineer officer. and the magic officer can go in the engineering phase. The pilot and the silence officer can go in the helm phase. And the chief mate can act whenever they want to aid someone. Okay. So in either phase. Or you can, maybe Chief May wants to wait around to the gunnery phase. Who knows? What chairs are everyone sitting in to begin? Now, don't forget, just like regular Starship Combat, you can move. You can switch chairs. But where are you to start? Kreska, you're, you've, got the, you've got the con. Do you start ordering people around? Uh, I mean, we, it seems like everyone's going to be well-suited to their roles, right? Like, Dax should be the pilot. You have a bluff? Yes, I have okay. a good bluff. Oh, good. Friss and I are tied, but then I think, but Friss, but I don't have Friss's computers. Yeah. I'm more useful elsewhere, so. Okay. So who's engineer? And who's we don't have one right now, do we? Yeah. Dax could do it. Um, But then you can't. I don't think you can occupy more than one seat in a single round. No, you can't, but I'm saying that would be instead of piloting. Um, What was was the engineer? The engineer was to. the science officer did the... The engineer fakes a glitch. Um, and it just gives you a bonus on the bluff check. Yeah. I, I would focus on the one that lets you roll twice. That's going to be the most yeah. important one. Yeah. And then, Is that, that's the science officer one? Uh, yeah. The garbled communication, The uh, right? Yeah, no, that's the engineer action is the fake glitch. And the science officer is... Uh, it's an older sign, but it checks out. Computers yeah, check. But which one lets you roll twice and take the better if you succeed? Gunner. That's the gunner. gunner. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. Because uh, you make it look like, oh, take that, Kishali defense. And they're like, oh, all right. So you get a bit of luck, basically. Yeah. Um, is, right. is, is, Grant, where, what seat are you taking? Where, so, where? say Yun was going to defer to your leadership, Chris Galetha. Um, I'll let you know, just it could be anywhere. Uh, it's a plus 18 piloting, plus 19 mysticism, plus 17 engineering, plus 22 computers. I think those are all the skills 
for all the seats, right? And Skid, what's your computers? Uh, computer twenty-three. Yeah. So why don't you do? Why don't you be our engineer, Sam? Not magic officer, because that's, that's mysticism what... based. Well, Callum is magical. Oh, okay. You do have you do have better mysticism than me. I mean, I have plus fifteen, but it's like oh no, that's right. Okay. Okay. I'll do engineering. Can't do engineering. Yeah, yeah, I'll do I engineering. can do. Very oh, right. so. It is right, the engineering phase. And I guess I'm um, chief <laughs> So, Linnea, you step in whenever you need to give a rousing uh, a boost uh, to someone, and then you'll, you'll roll the diplomacy check, and we'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. it is the engineering phase, uh, which means the engineer, the magic officer, and the chief mate, if they so choose, can act. So, engineer, try and fake a glitch. This it's is an engineering check. Also perfect based off of the little bit of uh, story you got at the beginning of Seiyun escaping the ship. So she might specialize in these little blips and glitches in reality itself. Here it comes 19 on the die for a 36. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you get a plus two to your bluff. The oh. dumbest thing we did, we did here was not make Grand Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Plus two to the bluff check. We could be uh, inside the ship in the real world time of about four minutes if he was the captain. We wouldn't even take the other rounds. We'd just have Grand roll four times. <laughs> yeah. Callum, you are now on this bone ship. You were the one that somewhere in your memory remembered what kind of ship this was and what it was meant to do. Carry Marines down to unsuspecting worlds to rob them of their lives. Now you must try to tap into the cosmos with a mysticism check to aid the mission. Here we go. Uh, I just gotta do math. That's gonna be uh, 27. Another plus two. Nice. Uh, you do have the option, Callum, to give that to anyone. Uh, I will assume right now, under the circumstances, you want to give that to Kreska. Uh, but if later people start flubbing, like, you know, when it comes to a gunner that might make a mistake or you know somebody else is struggling, you might want to move that around. Chief Mate, you good to move on to the helm phase? Uh, I think so. All right. It is the helm phase. At the end of this phase, the captain will attempt her first garbled communication. Uh, you know what? Why don't we go to the map? Oh. Ooh. Yeah. There she is. Whoa. Oh, cool. Oh, and what's, what's the bottle caps? Yeah. Oh, yeah. David. Bottle caps. Let's, let's take it to our good friend, Dr. David Winters, Esquire the Third, uh, <laughs> to tell us about this amazing bottle cap system you've added to our Roll20. Well, first, firstly, it's not the third; it's the sixth. So, I'm sorry. Let's not cut, yeah, let's not cut out it. my lineage. But um, <laughs> more specifically, uh, I basically added. Uh, there's a little functionality in Roll Twenty, which are like card decks. But instead of doing normal playing cards, I just did bottle caps. That way, which I know has come up, it's going to be a lot easier to uh, track these things, know who has them, shake people down for them, and hopefully try to remember to actually pass some out. But uh, Troy and I have the ability to simply drag these puppies uh, over to people. And you can just stack bottle caps onto their character. And conversely, when you want to spend them, you just click on them and drag them off to the table. Wow. They can be deleted. That's great. What a a tool. Nice work. Nice job, man. I'm sure sure Troy will use it so much. You know what, David? I'm going to give you a bottle cap for this. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's a David cap. You can use it any way you want. Just don't give it to any of the players. Okay. Uh, so this is your ship here. 
This is the uh, uh, the actual sepulcher. Mm. Pretty cool. What's Very the cool. front? The front is this ominous eye here. Got it. Uh-huh. Is that the br- is that the bridge towards yeah, the back? Yeah. So that's where you g- no. You're sitting near the eye. The bridge is behind this bulbous sphincter. Oh. Uh, and then these are these crypt wardens that are guarding the space oh, between cool. oh, cool. between you and the ship. I'm getting Independence Day vibes. Right yeah, vibes. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Kind of looks like the Batwing if uh, Batman was a skeleton. <laughs> then you only see a little a little shadow here of the the mothership, but here is what she looks like full. Oh, wow. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. I mean, jeez. Uh, that is. It kind of has this like looks like a bone guitar. Yes. It's got a. Yeah. It's got a bit of a heavy metal bone guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. That's I for can't our audio listeners. A <laughs> little, little something for the audio listeners. Imagine a heavy metal bone guitar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there you are. One, two, three, four crypt wardens. Right now, Kreska's sitting on a plus four bone guitar. But so, um, and and Kreska goes last in this round. Kreska so goes if- last. So it's up so- to the pilot. And I would assume the chief mate to fly <clears throat> casual and uh, boost. What, and uh, the science officer. Calming presence. Uh, yes, the science officer as well. Did I not write that? Yeah, science officer. So science officer and pilot can decide who goes first. Fly casual and uh, send an older code. Uh, I'll, tr- I'll try to send an older code first. All right, so Friss gets, starts hacking away to try and change the code. Roll a computer's check. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 43. Another plus two to your bluff check. Dax, can you fly casual? Fly casual. Uh, Yeah, I imagine he's looking at the readouts of their flight patterns, and he's just, like, instantaneously making calculations. Their speed, he matches immediately. Uh, Their turn radius, he matches immediately. And uh, he just sort of, like, yeah, tries to follow in terms of uh, mathematics to start. Uh... There you go. Natural two! (laughs) Fuck, I was just about to... You always know he's there to ruin everything for everyone. That's that's what he's there for. Where is that shuttle going? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 22. No help from the pilot who's just... No, he's not. Why is that ship doing a barrel roll? Joyriding 15-year-old. So, unfortunately, no bonus, but maybe... Maybe your chief mate turns to you and has some words that will uplift you in the moment. So, Linnea... Linnea has a skill called Acrobatic Grace which means she can use um, her acrobatics instead of diplomacy role. <laughs> I like where this is going, oh Ellie. My it's God. a sense-dependent rather than language-dependent effect. <laughs> skin. Mm. Skin is lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been... what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I'm like, how the hell do I do this? Like, do I stretch in front of someone? <laughs> you know, like, or do I... How Put do I not make... Put your on the Exactly. The <laughs> Luckily, there's a set of uneven bars on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> is that Simone Biles? 
Yeah. <laughs> like a, so, Captain, how are you feeling? You think you can do this? <laughs> My hammies are killing me. I didn't know you were so flexible. Yeah, no, she's gonna. And so, she, but I think she's actually gonna put her hand on Presco. Can you do a back handspring? I can. I can. Yeah, she starts cartwheeling. Uh, Bet if she could do that, I could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you need some inspiration there, Captain. And uh, she walks over to you. <laughs> she needs some inspiration. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> walks over. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Oh God! Now. Are you sure? All right. Yeah. She walks over and puts a hand on your shoulder and says, "You've taken us this far, Captain. I think you can take us further." And then she gives you, like, I don't know, some people can, like, with one touch, they can really make you feel really good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's what she's going to do. Not in a sexual way, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Calm down. I can see he's freaking out. But, like, in a in a pleasurable way. That oh. could... Okay, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so she's going to do that. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> so in a sexual way. <laughs> a pl- it, not all pleasure needs to be sexual. No, like a massage. Like a, right. you loosen Kreska uh, up so she can make yeah. the right choice. She you step do- over and give Captain K the old backdoor stranger. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. It's not like she's licking her or something. Like it's not like like it's not like that. It's just do that touch. acrobatics check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh, ninety nineteen plus sixteen. Uh, so, yeah. It's a really nice touch. Uh, it was a nice touch. Did it really encapsulate the acrobatic nature of the diplomacy check? Kreska is rather tall, so uh, she would have had to be acrobatic mm-hmm. to reach her shoulder. That's fair. I'm going to give you a plus two. Those are your bonuses. I believe you're at a plus eight. A plus eight. Oh, come on. The communication is coming through. You need to send a code back. Friss has altered it. The magic of the universe is on your side. You feel empowered by Linnea's touch. And you try to hold your seat as the plane flies erratically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, and with all the bonuses, I get a plus 25 to this roll. It's not a plane, first of all. <laughs> it's a starship. And secondly, it's flying just fine. It's just very subtle differences you, you wouldn't even pick up on. You wouldn't even pick up on. <laughs> 39. Communication accepted. Yes. Oh, my God. Communication accepted, and you pass through the first communication. But then when you get into the airspace of the second Crypt Warden, another communication comes up. You are technically in the gunnery phase. Do we want to move someone over into the gunnery phase so we can get two, two D20 rolls? You can't. Yeah, do that at the top of the round. And everyone went. Right, because everybody went. It's still considered the same round. Right, it's the same round, yeah. Okay, so uh, something to think about going into next. Oh, this is the gunnery phase. Oh, this is right. gunnery phase in round one. Sorry, right. I, thought, I thought you were saying yeah. it's round two, gunnery phase. Basically, Dax's crappy piloting resolves at the end of your successful check. Um, still a 22. He's really it's, poor. It's far better piloting. than any fifth-level pilot in the galaxy. So you... Uh, sort of jangle your way across the uh, airspace towards the other ship when another communication comes up. It's pretty smooth. 
I love Rocky. I love really Rocky. We all vomit because he's he's he's, he's, the G factor is just too high on his maneuvers. He's like, it is the engineering phase again. Engineer, uh, try and send a, a a fake a glitch. Magic officer, try and try and continue to tap into that energy. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. We elected to not have a gunner? Well, you can in this phase now have a gunner, but yeah, you exactly. all used a crew action for the first round. So when it came to the gunnery phase, you don't have anybody that can take the gunner. I understand that, but why didn't we just assign a gunner at the first phase? We knew that was the most important check. Was there a reason I missed that we did that? I think we just didn't realize how it all shake up. Okay. Um, so I now thought you decide, maybe you don't want an engineer. Maybe you don't want a magic officer. Maybe you want to put somebody in the gunnery position this time around. Uh, I can do it. You I can do it if most. you want. Well, who's going to pilot? Can we still move the ship without piloting it forward? Or no, you have to have a pilot. You have to have a pilot, yeah. Uh, Grant, Grant could pilot. pilot yeah. uh, I'm sure Grant could also be the gunner. Like, there's nothing yeah, Grant can't do. The gunner. What is the gunner role? It's an AC. You have to hit yeah, an AC. You have to hit an AC. Well, what's uh, the bonus? The bonus is you get to your... roll twice. The garble communication. No, 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 no. How do you decide if you succeed or not? Is it's it either the ship's your ba- gun bonus? It's your base. The gunner check is always the your base attack bonus or your ranks in piloting plus any computer bonuses plus. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's a standard thing. Yeah. So I gave it's you the, ranks in piloting. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. And I gave okay. you the. Uh, it's got a basic computer, so it's 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 pretty basic. Okay. So so Grant, are you going to be the gunner, or Joe, are you going to be the gunner? I'm happy either way. Uh, Grant, you be the gunner, and I'll fly. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, engineer, try and fake a glitch. Oh, you're not going to do an engineer? Yeah. Yep. All Skipping right, so engineering. So this so is actually going to be a dangerous role, because we're, we're going to be at a disadvantage this round, because we're not going to have the engineer or the gunner helping us with this role. Right. Well, the- this music is ominous. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Callum. Where is your head at? You're trying to tap into something. Is there a specific source, or are you just like praying to a, a, a god that you believe in? No, I think he's he's pulling from like alternate reality stuff again, and hoping that like lines will cross, and hoping that he's gonna you know ping something off another ship's wave, and it'll be like the right code or in the right order or something. Okay, so give me that mysticism check. It's just reaching across reality. Natural 18 plus 15. Plus two bonus to the garble communication check. Very quickly, maybe a little too quickly, we zoom into the helm phase. The Ed Helms phase. (laughs) Nice. Captain, you will go last. Pilot, give me another pilot. Try to fly casual. Can can Chief Mate (laughs) try to boost the pilot? I would love that. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, well, I'll try to She she gracefully moves from Well, if it Presta. makes any difference to you, Ellie we're, I don't get, I'm not going to get an engineering bonus So if you want to give, like, this would be a good round To give the captain a bonus But she All did right, see Matthew. how badly Dax failed And so her impulse was to boost him Because she knows he needs all the help he can get He's But you're fine. the captain You're the captain He flies great Ellie, I the think other, your impulse I think your impulse shoulder, but could use a little 
Okay. <laughs> all right. Fine. <laughs> now so, I'm all uneven. So uh, Linnea is like very happy about uh, what the captain did, and so she starts doing the, the 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 same thing. If you've seen the movie Foxcatcher, it's Mark Ruffalo. Like he hugs hugs the boxer every time, before, or like the wrestler before. Uh, so she starts hugging Kreska, his, her big body, and like you're doing great. You can do this. Uh, here, have some more massage. Uh, 24. 24. You just make it. Mm. DC 24. I I you wish. are a calming presence, but yet again, was it acrobatic? I'm going to give you a plus two to that check. Um, you do notice that one of the f- ships flying nearby is looking suspiciously into the cockpit at a human woman hugging a lizard. <laughs> But thank goodness you put those skeleton costumes on. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe she'll she'll move in a like she's really good at like mimicking a skeleton, and so she's like moving around in a professional they, dancing way. And they say, "Oh, everything looks normal," <laughs> and they keep flying. Uh, bottle cap, nice. Yeah. Science officer, you did it the first time. Can you can you alter this code, this unique code, to make it check out? Uh, can you hear me, by the way? Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that is a 30, 36. Ooh, another plus two for the captain. It's all up to the pilot to see if you get the full plus eight. Can I you imagine, fly casually? I imagine, yeah, you say fly casually. I imagine Dax is, is matching their speed, matching their uh, headings when it, it makes sense and the way that they're flying and everything. It's all very technical. And the, he sees that it doesn't seem to work. They still uh, put extra examination on on this craft, and so he's like, he's missing something. And instead, he thinks about Qualo and what Qualo would tell him when they would play music about how it's it's not all just about the basics of the mathematics of it. There's some there's another layer to it that you have to understand. There's something else happening that is not by the numbers, and he's trying to now fly casually and bring an emotional feel into the decision and see if he can just let himself go and not look at their speeds and not look at all that stuff and see if there's another way. What is, well, I'm going to hear the voice of Qualo in your head give you that one boost of confidence. Qualo as you knew him? Is that the voice you're hearing it is? Yeah, or the Qualo yeah. Dex, sometimes you must feel the way forward rather than think the way forward. <laughs> You can do it. By the way, if you haven't yet, rethink all of Qualo's lines with his real voice. Like how different all of those scenes would play out. It's I, I think it's great. It's been fun for me to think about. Go back. <laughs> it was such Fly a beautiful reveal. It was such uh, right, a beautiful reveal. Feeling the emotions. Thirty three. <gasps> That's another plus two. Qualo, oh, baby. Yes. Yeah. Send that garbled communication. Can you bluff it, Cap'n? Uh. Natural 13, so that's a 38. Nice. You pass the second check. Dax now really flying smooth up to the third checkpoint. 
Another beacon comes up. They're tight. They run a tight system. They're in the middle of a, a battle with the ancient Kashali defenses, but these Crypt Wardens are still guarding their ship. And you've passed two out of the four checks. We now have a gunnery phase, and Seyun is at the uh, controls. Is Seyun able to, and this kind of makes sense with some of her uh, technical capability, is she able to pull a point from a computer on the ship for her role? Uh, yes, I believe. No. Oh, no. No. David? I believe the basic computer is strictly a bonus to computer's checks. Okay. I'll uh, confirm that, but... Yeah, I think you're right. For some reason, I remember reading it. It might be in something else. Okay. Uh, well, then, uh, Seiyun will make a flat check, uh, and the weapons on the ship are either a heavy EMP cannon, a gyro laser, or a light torpedo launcher. That is what is mounted at the turret and what would make the most sense for her to make a, 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 a diversionary shot to make it appear as if she's attacking something else. So she's going to like load it. up the torpedo launcher and fire. <laughs> 17 on the die for a 32. <laughs> you blow up one of the defenses. And now, Kreska, next round, you will get to roll twice and take the better. Enormous. We move into the next engineering phase. Uh, Let's see here. Magic officer, are you going to try and do the same thing? No engineer, just go magic officer? Yes. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about Gunner. No, you Who's an engineer? No, he's an engineer. No engineer and Gunner. We're going to send the engineer to Gunner. We We have two more checks, correct? Yes. As far so as you know. at the start of next turn, Seiyun will move from gunner to engineer. Mm, right. That's good. That's wow. And then Seiyun alone would give two bonuses to that check. Yeah. That's pretty smart. cool. All right. So Callum, give me another mysticism check. See if you get this bonus. Callum is just, are you just sitting in the corner like meditating or are you looking up yeah, the window? I think. I think Callum is very quiet now. Normally, he's kind of like loud and maybe using that as like a energy thing, but he's being very quiet and like really focusing on trying to pull from these ships because it's hard. I mean, they're so far away; it's vast space. Uh, but that's going to be a twenty-five total. Ooh, just oh. made it. DC twenty-four. And oh man, you do get the plus nice, two. Nice, Callum. Nice. Straight to the helm phase. This time, let's start with Dax. Dax, you're uh, maybe now you're feeling the controls. It was a little janky at first because it's it's weird. Everything's aren't where they normally are. He was overthinking it. He was overthinking it. He has to feel. Dax. That gets Ellie every time. All right, here we go. Uh, Piloting check. That is a twenty nine. Uh, you got just close. Maybe you got too confident, but that is enough to give a, okay. a bonus to the captain. Okay. Um, all right, uh, science officer, you're on a roll. You're right. rocking a roll. Last time you crushed the check. Shuttle Tidarium, what is your cargo and destination? Parts <laughs> <laughs> and technical crew for the forest moon. <laughs> uh, 31. Yes, I mean, you can always rely on Friss in these instances. Another plus two. Chief mate, Mm. so far so good. But I'm really not seeing the the acrobatic nature of these. Do you want me to switch back to diplomacy? (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. I just want to make sure, Ellie, you're aware. I'm not sure if you're picking up on Troy's uh, shit. But, I mean, you get that, like, you'll get a bigger bonus. I get it. More than plus two. Okay. All right, fine. Let's make it weird. Linnea... 
feels like some sort of beat inside of her. Mm-hmm. And she's like getting wrapped up in the vibrations of the universe. And she starts like, as she's like hugging Kreska, like feeling this big energy, she starts getting into it more and more and starts like freaking flinging around on those bones. <laughs> Like a propel, like she's propelling herself in this interpreted dance, and it's just like, oh, oh, oh God, I'm, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. And, uh, I feel like everyone should be inspired by that. She's just like, is it a Pentecostal church all of a sudden? Yeah, it's amazing. And if that's not interpretive dance, she's not far off at yeah. all. I agree. I've seen so, way too many shows. What you're telling me is caught up in the moment, you start swinging from the bones like stripper poles yes. and speaking in tongues. Yes. Yeah, she's parkouring around the ship. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean... That would improve everyone's performance. Yeah, she's, seeing that. She's I kind of like want to give it a minus two to the check. It's distracting. <laughs> I think it's amazing. It, it reminds oh, me of, like, like when you're riding a subway and the guys come in with a boombox and just go, Showtime! Oh, no, communication, please. Yeah, like moving like move everyone step aside step aside before I kick your face (laughs) the thing thing to remember here is Ellie is not trying to inspire everyone with acrobatics she has an ability acrobatic grace which means that when she when Linnea does it it looks incredible exactly you can't it's like imagine, something you've never seen before. You have to imagine... You can't imagine me doing this. You have to mm-hmm. imagine, like, a beautiful, tall, cool woman with a ribbon <laughs> running around <laughs> doing this. Yeah. What did you roll so you put it for that way. acrobatics? That makes sense. I think it's hot. Okay, fine. Let's do it. Get it. Um, oh. 20, 27. I'm going to give you a plus four. For yeah! Five. Yeah! For that. Nice. Acrobatic grace! For the win. Uh, because yes, yeah, Joe, you nailed it. Like the way she does it is, it looks good. Yeah, it's an ability. ability. It's a character Wait. ability. So, so if all of that and that Joe gets the credit, <laughs> right? Well, I just I, all I heard was just garbled nonsense until Joe really made me understand what you were saying. <laughs> it's like he's like Troy. You have to picture someone else than this. Ellie. You know what, David? Let's try to picture someone else. Go ahead and give Joe a bottle cap for that. I think, uh, Joe, you get a cap for explaining Ellie's nonsense. Um, I really just want to test out the new cap system. No, I'm just kidding. Don't give him one. Uh, all right, Captain, give me your third of hopefully only four of these checks to get past the third Crypt Warden. Roll so twice. Plus two, plus two from Callum. Plus, plus two, two from, from Dax. F- from Dax, plus four from Linnea, and plus two from Friss? Yes. Roll and you twice. roll twice and, and roll take twice. the better. Take and the best, Steve. So that is going to be a plus 27 to this roll. Wow. Good. Wow. 38. What was the <sighs> other one? And you rolled twice and took the better? Yeah, I rolled an 11 and a 7. Oh, and with ease you slide forward up yeah. to okay. the final. Oh, wait, one more, okay. one more, one more. It's pounding. Uh, Seyun, go ahead and give me a uh, another gunnery check to see if you can. You're close. Maybe this last one is like peak. Maybe these DCs, these bluff checks are going up. You got to make sure it looks good. Yeah, and um, 
probably scans the horizon or whatever serves as a horizon in space to look at something that almost looks like a broadside off of the mothership or the last ship to kind of distract them so that they kind of see the torpedo go by and then they see the nearest target that would make sense next to it. Another 17, 32. Roll twice, take the better for the final check. Oh, yeah. Let's go through this. Noah, now are you going to slide into the engineer chair? Sayon for the final For check. the final, yep. All right, give me that uh, glitch fake, or fake glitch. Natural 20. Oh, oh, oh who is this Sayon? She's on fire. That God. makes me feel so good. <laughs> uh, magic officer Callum, are you really into it now? Let's see, let's see. Uh, pulling the power of the cosmos. Kirk of Triune. 27. Oh, again, just a duck. All right, so now you got a plus four. It comes back to the science Classic officer. teenage boy. He does just enough to get by. Yes. <laughs> All he needs to do. No extra. <laughs> Frisk typing away with his eyes closed. What'd you get? It's an older code, sir, but I was about to clear them. No. <laughs> it's an older code, sir, but it checks out. I was about to clear them. I was about to clear them. <laughs> Should I hold them? Uh, 2027. Ooh, all right. So maybe Friss, not unlike Dax, got a little too confident, but still uh, passes. So now you're up to a plus six. Chief Mate, we need one last (laughs) hurrah here. All right, fine. Uh, Okay, maybe maybe she's now full on dancing. And so she's just like, uh, she's tapping on the floor. Uh, like, just a steel town girl on a Saturday night uh, looking for the fight of her life and then, like, like water bottle all over her and it's like... It's a water bottle all over her. Yeah. She's a maniac and, and, like, you can see, like, like her skin-tight clothes and, like, it's amazing. So it's kind of sexy, but it's also, like, inspiring. Remember that it's always inspiring. Yeah. And she's, like, fucking into it now. And <laughs> just going for it. And she ends it with a grand chate of, like, you know, like at the end of Billy Elliot. You know, mm-hmm. someone runs up and then makes a split in the air. Give me yeah. the acrobatics check. Natty 20. Oh, 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 oh. I'll give you a plus five to this. Yes. Nice. Give me nice. your final garbled communication. Roll twice and take the better. You're getting five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Plus thirteen. Wait, did Mom your roll you. check? Yeah. Oh no, I'm too. sorry. Fly casual. Oh. Yes. I haven't got my check yet. Uh, I just pictured Dax like he's trying to fly this fucking thing. He's got all these readouts, and all of a sudden, water just like hits the side of like the yes. back of his head. And all and just like droplets on the panels, and he's just like, "Things could short out." And she looks back, and she's just like jumping into this full split with like a five foot vertical, just in- inspiring, inspiring. It's the end of Swan uh, Lake, basically. like no thirty showgirls. Even thirty, Dax gets uh, such an inspiring performance. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Roll twice. Take the better. Higher DC. This is a plus thirty to this roll. Oh my god! Can we fail it? Everyone did a great job. 
This is the best we've ever all rolled consecutively. I know. Oh, yeah. This is the best Starship combat I've ever been part of. Oh, no. Starship combat. Starship combat. I rolled a, nat- a natty 16, so that is a 46. Oh. So as Dax flies casually, uh, Seiyun goes from firing at one of the defenses and then slides with grace into the engineer chair to pump out a glitch. Callum focusing on the mysteries of the universe. Friss typing away furiously on this bone computer. And Linnea gracefully dancing as water droplets fly about the room, <laughs> going into the vacuum of space and just floating away. Kreska sends the final communication. There's a long pause, longer than the, any of the other three. And then finally, communication accepted. Yeah. And you glide into the hangar of the Ultranaut, and we'll see you next week! Oh, man! Oh, oh, boarding yes. action! Oh, this is awesome. Oh, this is awesome. Job team! Yes. Good team effort. Who knew the only thing you needed to spruce up Starship Combat was interpretive dance? I know. I know. <laughs> all the one missing element. We found yeah, that's what they missed. All, all you can do is throw out all the rules and interpretive dance. <laughs> When in doubt. Right. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Androids and Aliens is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Dead Sons is copyright 2017. Dead Sons and the Starfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. 